1: Now, once again, here's Mark.
4: Well, good
1: morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. And this is a car show. This is where you have the opportunity to uh, call us and ask us questions. And we will discuss uh, the issue. And it works like this. Uh, you call in. And uh, if you're having a dinner table dispute, then just tell us what the, each side of the dispute is. What do you got to say about that?
4: <laughs> Nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't do that too often at my house because everybody knows that I am the car guy and no one wants to argue with me. My wife Renee is sitting here next to me. She's actually in charge of me for the next two days. Nevertheless, it's important to know that you give us a call and 602 508 0960. 602 508 0960 and if you're going to ask a car question about a problem then give me your make and model and miles of your car and then we're going to talk symptoms it's not important to you or to me for us to decide or discuss what happened on YouTube or what ha- what you gathered on the internet that's really not important symptoms are really really important so I ask you does it happen all the time does it click does it not click? is there a noise is the air conditioning ever cold um, when you're driving down the road, if you throttle up at 60 miles an hour, is the noise there? If you just go at 65 miles an hour, is the noise there? If you drop down to 55 miles an hour, is the noise or vibration there? So that's kind of how it works. Yep. At our house too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not always. <laughs> yeah, really. Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing has been in Mesa since 1970. They're the only shop in Mesa that I can really tell you will treat you right, treat you fair, and fix your car. They have ASE certified technicians. They do a really good job. They're very friendly people. And Brian and Thelma, his wife, are there most of the time. Or one or the other of them is there most of the time. So they're on Main Street just east of Stapley. It's a good place to go if you live in Mesa or anywhere in East Tempe or anywhere in North Gilbert. It's still a good place to go. You know that we had a conversation the other day about new cars. Right. And last night at the dinner table, when we all went out with our, with your mother's friends, I should say, okay, the conversation at the men's table was all about cars. Yeah, I wish we could talk about our sex lives. I wish we could talk oh, about, stop. we could talk about our kids, our grandkids, but we talked about cars. Okay, one of them went in a thirty thousand mile. I may get a couple of things wrong, but okay. I'm close. Thirty thousand miles, took it in. To a repair shop. And we're not going to say dealer, independent repair, chain store. We're just going to say a repair shop. Okay. And they were told that they need to re- uh, re- replace the spark plugs. They need a throttle body cleanup. And there was some other stuff. Now, when you're told in our industry, in my industry, okay. when you're told you need something, typically there's a trigger. So it's time or miles. Okay. okay? We do that at our shop. Sure. So it's always something to do with that. So he's told he needs spark plugs at thirty or 40,000 miles because it's time. Okay. And...
4: I bet his owner's manual doesn't say that. Well, no, of course not.
1: <laughs> but I am astounded yeah. that... And so I'm, my the computer that's left between my ears is just running rapidly. Mm-hmm. And, and after he gets done talking, and there's a variety of other things he needs because of time. Okay. The car might be three years old. It needs it. My point is the spark plugs don't wear out in your garage. <laughs> I don't care what kind of car you have. They only wear out with use. Hoses wear out with use. But there is a time frame that we suggest to our customers, and we do ourselves, mm-hmm. eighty to 100,000 miles when you're going to do a flush. Replace the hoses. You kill two birds with one stone, and in reality, it's it's cheaper than doing them separately. There's an overlap of labor, Mm -hmm. so, and the coolant, the the heat cycle of getting hot and cool off, getting hot and cool off, um, actually wears away at the additives, and it causes the coolant to become somewhat acidic. But it's not going to do it at thirty thousand miles, and it's not going to do it. It's going to, you're going to worry about it eight eight, um, eight, whatever, whatever, um, you're going to worry about somewhere north of 80,000 miles up to 100,000 miles. Mm-hmm. That's what we do on our cars. That's what we do on all of our shop cars, our shuttle van, and all those other things that we, we have. So it's important to look at that. But I find it very convenient for us to dance between time and miles. Sure. Now, one of the things that time is important is tires. yes. There's no rule that you have to get rid of your tires at 10 years, but the industry has adopted that to a large extent. There's a lot of us that won't rotate. We won't repair a tire. Um, we, won't, we won't do anything. We won't even touch a tire other than check the air pressure um, on a 10-year-old tire or north of that. It's, it's a bad deal. Mm-hmm. We, and there's two, two factions in this tire issue we got lawyers on one side, and we got tire companies on the other. So each one of them has a different idea on what the future should be on a tire. The tire companies obviously would like us to expire every tire at 10 years or even earlier because that will cause a tremendous rise in sales. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They'll they'll sell more tires. That's all there is to it. On the other hand, when you put an expiration date on it of 100,000 miles, The attorneys are saying, "Well, wait a minute, this, behind the scenes, they'll say, this may eliminate us being able to sue the tire companies for a tire that explodes at 10 years and four months. Mm -hmm. So you have these two people that are, have different agendas and different needs and different wants. And so our industry is in flux, but most of us have decided 10 years is it. You know, I'm working a case right now. And it has to do with a lady who had her car into a variety of places. chain stores, dealership, independent shops. And two times she was told that she had tires that were in excess of 10,000. I'm sorry. Ten years. Ten years. I keep Mm -hmm. getting screwed up. So ten years. So she goes to California. On her way back, a tire blows. She goes off the road. She rolls. And I think she died. Her mother died. And one of the kids died, or maybe none of the kids died. Mm -hmm. But that was, and now the family is suing a whole bunch of people. Now, there's a couple that it went into that they didn't write it down, but there's two that wrote it on the work order. Your tires are in excess of 10 years. You need to replace them. Yeah. And we
4: find if we touched them or anybody touched them, they're going to go after them. And you have to prove that you either did or didn't tell them.
1: And, and and you're right in the sense that if if you didn't write it down, there's no evidence right. that you did that. But if you write it down, the the, the discussion will then be, I didn't read my work order. Mm-hmm. You should have told me. Mm-hmm. Well, if we would have told you, how would we prove we told you? So everybody's kind of scared. And there's a couple of major tire companies that sell tires that, that won't even touch a tire. Mm-hmm. They won't even put their fingers on the tire. Now, I'm understanding that we're changing that just a little bit. We're going to give them a chance because we are going to air up the tire. If they come in, it's 20, and and we want it at 32, then we're going to put it at 32 just to give them a chance. But there's a lot of people who think that's something that doesn't need to be done or they think that's something new. They've never heard it before, especially the old gray-haired guys Mm -hmm. with gray hair coming out of the neck of their shirt. They're just sure that that's a way. Not too long ago, if you remember, we had a Bounder Motorhome come in the attorney a friend of ours mm-hmm. had got it from his father who had just recently died and we found tires on there that were like 15 years old
4: <laughs> and a lot of people do they let them sit and they figure they haven't gone that many miles so they don't want to replace them
1: and that's exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. it's a, it's it's the it's the time and miles miles really doesn't have anything to do with it cuz those tires had maybe 3000 miles on them in reality though we're talking 10 years we're not mm-hmm. and an rv it's even worse yeah, because the tire sits in one spot for a very long time. Then when it is run down the road, it's loaded up as opposed to your car that just has you in it. Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference there. But 10 years is it. Folks, you ought to ask them. Now, when they raise a car up on an oil change, there's nothing to prevent them from looking at the age. And the age of the, the car will be usually a four-digit. Twelfth week of 07. That's pretty simple. The twelfth week of 17 mm. that's pretty easy right so you can look at it real quick it's on the sidewall of the tire but when it's up in the oil up for an oil change it could be on the inside of the tire or on the outside sure. of the tire so there's no real excuse mm-hmm. that's valid yeah. that would create the the idea that you don't have to do that mm-hmm. we've got a caller who that might be Gil?
5: that would be dan
1: dan good morning good morning mark how you doing i'm good thank you for asking
5: uh, my my question is: I got a 2006 Toyota Tundra, and a couple of days ago, I took a pressure washer and I washed the engine, and all of a sudden, the passenger and driver side windows will not go up and down. I checked the fuse; it's not because the fuse is the same one that controls the power locks, and the power locks work. So it, I, I have no idea. It can't be the motor.
1: No, it's it's inside the door. Um how many miles are on
5: there? uh well it's a hundred about a hundred and twelve
1: okay and and there's no there's no noise. you just push the button and nothing happens
5: nothing happens and I checked i mean it 's not like you've got that little lock you know right next uh the, the, the you know so you can lock the window so I don't it's not that it's it's uh and the only thing I did i mean it, both the windows don't go up and down. And the only thing I've I've done is wash the engine with a pressure washer. And I don't know how that would affect it. but Well, I
1: mean, it, it's a bad idea to chase that down. Um, it, that, that question will be answered after the repair has been identified. So it's a so really bad it's like, idea. It's not a good idea. If you come into my shop and you tell me that you pressure washed the motor and you want me to look under the hood for it, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it. Um it's easy enough for us to check. <laughs> Why don't we just start at the switch? Why don't we and I'm not quite sure does it say in your owner's manual that the electric windows are controlled by a fuse? Because most of the time it's a circuit breaker.
5: Well it's uh I I d I I didn't get the owner manual. I I I've okay. got it downloaded but I didn't get it with the track.
1: Okay. Well here's um, the deal. Is if we pop the fuse and your head is stuck in the window, it's gonna be a while before somebody gets you out. But sometimes, yeah. if not all the time, we have a circuit breaker. So if you overload the window and the, it's hitting you on the neck, then you know maybe you count to 20 and then the window will work again. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you something to do because you can't do the rest of it. You don't, you don't have a wiring diagram of the master switch. You probably will break it taking it out, and there's two or $300. So the real question is, is, do we have power and grounds? We have power to A and ground to B to raise the window, and then we flip those, and that lowers the window. So that's the master switch. Then from there, we're going to go to the motor inside the door. But here's something I want you to do. I want you to have your wife get in and start the car. And I want you to hold the passenger window in the down position. Have her hold it. And she counts to five. In your particular case, you're outside the car. And I want you to pound on the outside of the door. Not hard enough to dent it. Just hard enough to jar it. And if that doesn't do it and she's still counting to five, open it and slam it really hard. If the window moves, the motor's bad. It's that simple. You just jarred yeah. the brushes on it. That's it. You want to try something? That's it. Otherwise, your diagnostic fee is going to be take the master switch out and check it, and then take a door panel off and check the motor. And so you're going to have those, but more than likely one of those is going to be it, so you just replace it as yeah. you go along.
5: See, what I, what I think is weird is that both both the windows at the same time, you No, know, You know, for them, that's why it's got to be electrical, it's got to be, you know, a a breaker or, you know, that's why.
1: Again, again, why do we care what we think it is? Why are we going to waste money chasing our tails? Why is it in your best interest for us to start underneath the hood? how 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 does that work now if you go in and say i just pressure washed my engine and coincidentally the window start working and i want you to look under the hood we could spend an hour or more looking at, at a diagram finding the power in the ground where it originates from and it follow it all the way from where it starts to where the switch and from the switch to the motors, that's a long time Why don't we just go to the master switch and look for a power and a ground there? So my my advice hasn't changed. Your questions are good, but I can answer. I, as the industry, can answer your questions after we fix the car, and then that way we can decide. Anyway, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back.
6: Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982.
1: This is a Jackson Hewitt Tax Service announcement. Don't want to wait weeks for your tax refund? That's a reason to go to Jackson Hewitt Tax Service. File your taxes with Jackson Hewitt and ask a tax pro how you could get up to $3,200 fast with a no fee refund advance. It's a 0% APR loan from Medibank that's available before your tax refund is, so you could get money when you need it. Go to JacksonHewitt.com to learn about availability terms and how you could get money on a prepaid card fast, like today fast. Go to Jackson Hewitt today.
2: That's Jackson Hewitt. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Patriot app tip number 7. Not only is the app the best place to listen to your favorite Patriot shows and podcasts, but look out for special contests, giveaways, and even scratch games right at your fingertips. Download the Patriot app at your app
1: store today. 602 960 602 5080960. Since 1988, and long before anybody else in Arizona decided to create a list of the best of, I did in 1988, because the number one question on the radio was, Who's a good shop? So I created this list, and the list is somebody I know, the owner. I've, I've seen him, I can recognize him and his wife. I've checked them out. They have the insurance necessary. They have ASC certified technicians. Um, their history is good, especially now with the internet and all the places you can boy somebody and flame them. The idea is, is that I know them. I know their capabilities and I've spaced them apart somewhat so one doesn't overlap the other area. Although I've got a couple areas that I don't have one in. Nevertheless, it's a good idea. Kurtz Automotive is on my list. Since 1987, he's been open. He's got three master technicians, him, Eric, and Jeff. Those two young guys can fix cars and identify problems in the top 10% of our industry. They are really, really good. So Kurtz is I-17 in Bell Road. He's in Phoenix, and if you live in that area and you don't have a great great shop, may I suggest that you try them for something insignificant and see how you're treated. Let's go back to the phones, and that's where we're going to start. As soon as I get my paper out, I think Barb was first, and she is. Barb, good morning.
7: Good morning. I have a 2008 Hyundai Sonata six-cylinder I don't know if that has anything to do with it but when I back out of the garage or back out of a parking place and move forward and turn I get a squeaking sound in the it sounds like in the steering column I've had it in three times and they really can't find anything wrong with it
1: okay that's a tough one because steering columns under that kind of situation where you turn the steering wheel and it starts with backing up and then it continues forward for a little bit of time is that correct
7: yeah it doesn't continue on when i'm just driving
1: okay um let me have you do something different okay mm-hmm. um i want you when you're in your car and you're going to back up mm-hmm. i want you to roll the windows down and oh. i want you to uh, no no, no yeah. i want when you back up this is a two-footed operation i want you to gently apply the brake and go ahead and give it a little bit of gas is the sweet gone. Now, the next morning, I don't want you to touch the brake pedal. I want you just to back up normally. Mm-hmm. It is entirely possible. It's at least a 50-50 shot that the brakes are dragging a little bit in the morning. That's it. It mm-hmm. happens a lot. That's why I want you to roll your windows down. Oh, okay. Okay. And so when, when you hold the brake just ever so gently, mm-hmm. then you're putting the pads up against the rotor And the pads can't vibrate like a guitar string. So if you say to the shop, if I back up without touching the brake, I just, otherwise I hold the brake, put it in reverse, and I let go of my right foot and I put it on the accelerator. when I back up, there's a squeal or a squeak or a (laughs) whining noise. And it's speed related. So if I go slow, the squeak is slow. And when I go faster, it's faster. But if I back up or go forward and I gently apply the brakes... Then it goes, goes away. You know, if you came into some of the shops, including my own, with that kind of symptoms and those kinds of words, we'd hug you because we don't get that. And you've just saved yourself a whole lot of money, a whole uh-huh. lot of money. The, here's another thing. In this time of the year is obviously moisture. There's a lot of moisture in the air. So the rotors that spin and the pads that squeeze on the rotors, the rotors will develop a slight amount of rust overnight. So when you back up, you're just kind of vibrating the pads and knocking the rust off, which is no big deal. The rust is no big deal. Mm-hmm. So and then then I'm going to guess that after that happens initially, then there is no more squeak for the rest of the day. Right. Okay. The steering column wouldn't change. If we had something in the steering column where we've got the lubrication is gone and we got a metal to metal, it would never change. So just work with me on this and and try to do that. And then if you can duplicate it every morning, then you can describe to them what you, how to do it. Or you can say to them, I'm going to park my car right there tomorrow morning. You open at 7.30. I'll be here at 8. And I'm going to, you want, I want you to put a technician in the car. I'm going to back up and drive forward and show him exactly what I want him to do. If you did that, you'd save yourself 50 to $75 worth of diagnostic.
7: Mm-hmm. I've, they've they've checked it three times and can't find anything wrong with it
1: well and, and and here's the problem is if you keep pointing them in the area of the steering column that's all they're going to look at
8: well no
7: they checked the brakes and they checked you know everything i I just keep driving and I don't drive a lot but I don't think okay. it's anything that I have to you
1: know, well, we don't we don't know answer. if it's, if it's something you have to worry about till we know what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, if if you drove it in there and they checked it, and then you drove it out, then it's not in the environment. It is first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And if you took the, took it overnight and then had them and tell them exactly, put the key in the ignition, and I want you to back up first. I want you to back up gently. So put the key ignition, start the car, put your foot on the brake, put it in reverse, gently back out, and I want you to back out straight, or I want you to turn to the right or turn to the left. Then I want you to put it into drive and go forward. Mm-hmm. Would that be a good description?
7: Sure. When okay. I go forward, it's fine.
1: Okay. That's what that's kind of what I want you to do. And see, the steering column would have nothing to do with, yes, it squeals in reverse and then no, it doesn't in drive. I promise you it's not the steering column, okay? okay.
7: Okay, thank
1: you. Oh, you're welcome, Barb. You're welcome. Gilbert, what's up? Oh, okay. Um, let, me, let me read something to you folks. And, and here's the problem in our industry right now, in the auto repair industry. In the old days, the cars had to come in for services at 30, 60, 90. And then, of course, in the old days, we were changing your oil every 3,000 miles. So we got to look at you and your car a lot. So we could sell you stuff because there was a lot of stuff there. So today, we have synthetic oil, which is 10,000-mile change. In 100,000 miles, you're going to do 10 oil changes. What's the math of 100 divided by 3? It's like 33. 33 oil changes versus 10 in 100,000 miles. And most of the things on your car are going to be... They're going to be in your owner's manual as to look at them hard and replace them at 75 to 100. So we, we don't get to look at you every 3,000 miles. We don't get to look at your car every um, 10,000 miles. We don't get to do that anymore. So we're making up stuff like you need to flush your injectors. Do just you need-
4: <laughs> or just like they told the guy last night. Yeah. yeah spark uh, plugs, spark and, plugs yep. and
1: throttle body. And yeah. throttle body. Now, see, here's the problem. You, have to, you, you don't have to know nothing about cars. You just say, what symptoms are you going to fix with the throttle body cleanup for 79 to $150? What symptoms do I have today? They they can't answer that because there isn't any. Now, here's the deal. If they say your throttle body's really dirty and, and you say, well, what symptoms? And they say, well, doesn't it idle poorly in the morning? Yes, it does. Isn't intermittently it kind of idles rough and intermittently it idles okay? Yes, it does. Okay, that's the symptoms. So you're going to fix that problem with your 75 to $150, and I'm using a range. Sure. It's not going to be 75 or 150 It's going to be somewhere in the middle. So you say, oh, well, that'll fix it. We're done. We're done. The other thing is, is you can say to them... You know, just humor me. My husband is a weirdo, or my my wife's brother is a, a car guy. Let me go get the owner's manual, and you show me where it says that I'm due for that. I want to tell you something. That's the best question in the world. Show me in my manual where I'm due for that. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. So what symptoms are you going to fix? Now, they say you need lower control arm bushings, and the symptom is is every time you come to a stop, clunk, and every time you take off, clunk. And they say, I'm going to fix that with the lower control arm bushings. We're done. That's it. So it's just that simple. So that's kind of self-defense for car expense. So show me, and then you're going to hear this. I love it when you hear this. Well, I don't have enough time to tell you, so about three minutes later, I'm going to tell you what I love to hear. 602-508-0960. Lines are wide open. 602-508-0960.
3: It's the same jig they assemble your car on. RainTree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. RainTree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. RainTree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RainTree RainTreeAutoBodyInc.com. When driving in Arizona, move over or slow down for any flashing lights. Move over for tow truck drivers, highway crews, and emergency responders. Move over for any vehicle with its hazards flashing. Because at 65 miles per hour, a vehicle travels over 95 feet in one second. One second, that could change everything. When you move over for anyone, you're not just doing it for them, you're doing it for their families. Their lives are flashing before your eyes. Move over, Arizona. Every vehicle, every time. It's the law. Please visit moveoveraz.org. This message is brought to you by ADOT, the ABA, and this station.
6: You need a plan as you get closer to retirement, a plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis Sachs-Pilvinas. She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot.
8: Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next... Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie? Is that
5: a little plumbing manual?
0: Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day. But by taking just a few minutes to read with your child you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own and studies show students who read and are read to do better in school and in life so have books that interest your child around your home if your child enjoys sports have books about sports if your child enjoys ballet have books about dancing with parents and teachers working together every child in Arizona can learn to read and reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn.
8: A message from the Arizona Education Association.
7: All about that thing, that's the hour
1: of 10 o'clock. We're gonna be here till 12. The lines are wide open, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. If you have a car problem, you can call in, and we're going to talk about symptoms, what year, what make, what model, how many miles have you got on it, and then we're going to talk about what might be wrong with your car. Folks, I am absolutely no better than the guys on the Internet of telling you what's wrong with your car. But what I can do is put you on the right track to help you find out what's wrong with your car. They're not interested in doing that. They're just saying, if you have this code, then this is the repair And nothing could be further from the truth. You don't have to worry about that at Automatic Transmission Exchange. They've been around since 1968. Fred put the first transmission in Fred Flintstone's stone car. He's been around a long time. Phil has done everything from starting at the very beginning as a young man to taking the transmissions out, changing the fluid, all the way to the new electronic ones. So they've been there and done that. It's the only transmission shop in the city of Phoenix that I recommend, 40th Street in Washington, Automatic Transmission Exchange.
4: So we're talking about the owner's manual.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the part I love. Okay. Um, it, it's, it's kind of, let's pretend, you know, you and I, I'm the okay. service writer. Mrs. Johnson, you, you really need uh, a lot of your fluids changed, uh, brake fluid, transmission fluid, cooling system, uh, uh, differential fluid, stuff like that. Can you show me in my owner's manual where it says that? Well, Mr. Salem, your owner's manual is not for Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it's not written for Arizona. We have a different climate than anybody else.
4: Okay. Well, would you order me an Arizona... Manual for my car, then, please?
1: That's the greatest question in the world. Because <laughs> 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 there is no Arizona owner's manual. Right. And they're not going to be able to order you. Or much.
4: Minnesota, where it's much colder.
1: Yep. And, and the I-10 corridor is mm-hmm. the worst. That's from, really, California all the way across um, to Florida. Mm-hmm. And through Texas, 864 miles through Texas, and Arizona as well in the summertime. We're talking about the summertime. Mm-hmm. So there is no manual for Arizona. The window is just written just fine for all the different states. So this idea that if you ever hear that Arizona has its own manual, then just order one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you can buy a manual that says for Arizona only, I'll give I'll pay for the manual times 10, <laughs> times 100. Oh. If the manual's $30, times 100.
4: And you can't make it yourself, folks. That's right. You can't use a black (laughs) magic marker
1: on the cover and say, for Arizona only. So that's really what it's all about. Here's some more. This is why our industry is the way it is right now. For the first time since the Great Recession, this is right out of of, um, a major magazine, the average US car dealer operated at a financial loss in 2018.
6: okay? Okay.
1: After adding all the income from the dealership's department, which is new car, used car, service and parts, the typical dealer lost 13000 last year, compared to a profit of almost a half a million dollars in 2013. Wow, that's huge. That's a huge number. The reason why is, is because the cars don't come in as often. They come in one-third as often as they used to, mm-hmm. One-third. So again, ten thousand mile oil changes on a on synthetic oil and gosh, synthetic's been on oil for cars for the last two or three years, easy. Right. So if you look at the oil cap, put the put the oil in that the oil cap says. But a zero twenty, everybody knows that's a synthetic. They don't make a conventional, they don't make a blend. That's a synthetic. Yeah. And and mobile one says, you know, anywhere from twelve to twenty. Um some of the other guys say twelve to fifteen some of the other guys say 10 to 12 my personal is 10 mm-hmm. i'm comfortable and that's what i do in my own cars is 10 here's the problem my wife my wife never checks her own oil i don't neither do my daughters <laughs> neither, neither
4: do me. you don't lie
1: <laughs> well, i do you oh do. no i do i do uh, Every okay. other time I get gas, I'm going to raise the hood, especially since Alan put that new valve cover on, mm-hmm. and we've had a little bit of leaking problem. Right. So yeah. I've, been, I've been pulling the dipstick every single time on that one. I don't want to lose a motor. I okay. can show you pictures. And I told <laughs> you him.
5: take pictures. Yeah, I took pictures it. of the oh. oil
1: leak, and I took pictures of the, of the uh, catch can, yeah. and I said to him, I don't know which one it is. And he said, pull the dipstick. This is what happened to us. He's talking about the dipstick in the engine. Okay. I'm talking about the dipstick and the catch can. I don't so, know what a
4: catch can,
5: a can is. A, okay.
1: This is a new valve cover. It's really pretty, as you know. Yeah. It's all buffed out and colored, and it has the name of our company on it. Mm-hmm. So he, he had those made from a friend of his that owned a machine shop. At the end of the day, there's a catch can for oil. It has a dipstick. So I say to him, it's a quarter of an inch from the bottom. And he goes, oh, um, you, you need to, you, Dad, you need to be careful. And I go, okay, quarter of an inch from the bottom. So we're talking, and and then it occurs to me that I'm saying a quarter of an inch on a three-inch dipstick, and he's thinking it's the dipstick in the motor. Oh, okay. And he goes, is it below the ad mark? And I said, well, there's no really ad mark on it, son, but it's really low on the dipstick. Mm -hmm. So he's thinking, Dad's driving around with one quart when he needs 12. Right. Well, within a few minutes, we recognize he's on Venus and I'm on Pluto.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You're on Mars. Yeah. Which you usually are. Oh, (laughs) very okay. funny.
1: <laughs> anyway, 6025080960. They go on to talk about retailing new vehicles un- is unprofitable for most dealers. And an average car is sold for a loss. Do you know why? Cuz the rebates are so big. Oh. The sure. the manufacturers say, "Move this many cars and we'll give you a rebate." Now, I understand the rebate's slightly bigger than the profit. Mm-hmm. So if they sell the car at cost or less than cost, no matter what, the rebate they get is bigger. But here's the real problem. I'm going to get there. He knows I'm going to get there. Yeah. He knows I'm going to be late this time. <laughs> um, here's the deal. The new, the, the new thing is, is we have to create profit centers in other areas. We have to elevate the profit at the dealership level and to some extent at everybody's level. New cars used cars, service and parts bingo 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 yeah. we've seen our parts bill go up oh, sure. because the parts are, are are going up in price so if we're not making a bunch of money on new cars we better make them on used cars we better make them on service and parts and there's one other area of the dealership where they make the most money where's that
4: i don't know i would say on like the tires and wheels and all the those fancy Ex- things
1: accessories you're there right there you go so there is one more Okay. Financing. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So financing, you're right. Aftermarket attachments or mm-hmm. dressing the vehicle up, mm-hmm. parts, service, used cars, and new cars. That's the difference. In the independent repair shop, we just got repairs. We right. don't have financing. We don't have all of that kind of stuff.
4: Well, and that's why all of your trade magazines, it's how to upsell the customer. I yeah. mean, everything you read anymore is...
1: Trade magazines that are sent to guys like me who own repair shops. And the whole magazine is how to improve your profits, how to sell more, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. 602-508-0960. Take the Patriot with you wherever
2: you go. The 960, the Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Have you bought or sold a house recently? Well, you probably noticed a lot of changes in the real estate market over the last few years. This is Phil and Josh, hosts of Arizona Real Estate Matters, which airs every Sunday from 2 to 3 right here on 960 the Patriot. From
0: new industry regulations to down payment assistance programs, price increases and decreases, the real estate market is always fluid, and we are here each week to keep you truthfully informed and on top
2: of your real estate game. So tune in each week to Arizona Real Estate Matters to hear what moves and shakes the Arizona Real Estate Market today. That's every Sunday from two to three right here on 960 the Patriots.
1: You know, it occurs to me that when I talk about Fred Flintstone and his stone card, there's a whole group of people out there that probably have no idea what I'm talking about. There you go. It just It's just one of those things. I'll, show, I'll tell you something else just between you and me and no one else. Okay. We've been watching, I've been watching different newscasts uh, mm-hmm. in the mornings. I get up at 5 and uh, I've noticed that there's a couple of them that have really focused towards the Millennium's. Mm -hmm. They talk about chime in here and go to our Facebook page and tell us what you think and all that kind of stuff. I think that our generation could care less about what they want us to do. Just give us the news, Walter Cronkite. Tell us what's going on. Give it to us in a neutral way. And stop with all the dancing in front of the weather screen. Stop with all the Vanna White pointing and You're all that kind of getting
4: old, dear, that's what. <laughs> yeah, I could be getting old, but
1: I am I am venting to you because it's been bugging me for a long time. 602 508 <laughs> I bet I get a call on that.
4: Oh yeah, you probably uh, will.
1: Because there's a lot of older guys like me right. who just forget that. Right. Just because they do that. share
4: their own opinions. Yeah. Quite a bit.
1: Yeah. And then they sit there and yak, just yak, yak, yak. Who cares? Just give me the news. That's Speaking all. of yak. <laughs> <laughs> what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll You're just...
4: quite a yakker yourself. You know
1: what? I got a yak for two hours, okay? I got a yeah. yak for two hours. 602-508-0960. That's the phone call to come in. Gil will answer the phone. He'll ask you what your name is, and then he'll put you in queue, so to speak, and yeah. then he'll whisper in my ear, Mark's on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go, oh, well, good morning, Mark. That's how it works. Okay. I don't even know. Gil, are we on a delay where there's a five-second delay in case I say yeah, a bad that's word. Correct. Oh, we are on a delay. Of course. So, so if I say something bad. You oh.
4: think they can trust you without yeah. <laughs> a delay? I don't think so.
1: He pushes the button real fast that's right. if I use a bad word. Well, it's not mm-hmm.
8: for you, Mark.
1: Oh, not for me, he says. <laughs> not, and I don't think he's ever believed me. And, uh, and how long have we been, there? Since we've been here since 2011? We
3: 2011. might hear it. He might yeah, be Well, Jeremy and a I, lot. we've taken turns uh, helping out. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Larry Harker's Autos at Thirty Eighth Avenue and in Indian School. Again, he's one of the best shops I've got. All of them I know personally. I know Bob and Ellen. I have their cell phones. But here's the good news: I I don't ever use them because I don't have the reason to call them. I'm not mad at him. No customers mad at him. Everybody plays by the rules. So Larry Harker's been around since sixty-seven, Thirty Eighth Avenue and in Indian School. And they got Jeremy, who's a master, 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 master tech. He's passed all the ASC certifications. Now, I've passed all the eight automotive ones, but he's got buses and big trucks, and he's got paint and body, and he's got every single ASE. He's one of, I think, two guys in the United States that has passed every single test. So, folks, this guy has a master from hair to toenails as far as a car is concerned. So he's a good guy, but a lot of shops fix cars good, but Larry Harkers has a technician that none of the rest of them have. Okay, let's – oh, we've got a caller. Who might that be, Gil? That would be Dave. Dave, good morning. Oh, good morning.
2: First-time caller, but uh, pretty frequent listener. Okay, thank you. I had a comment that I wanted to pass on to you that might help one of the listeners that called in about a car that had windows that wouldn't go up or down. Both windows were a problem. Okay. Um, I had an old Ford Explorer, 2003, it's got about 205,000 miles on it. And um, still running pretty good. But all of a sudden, one day, about four or five months ago, uh, none of the windows would work. And I couldn't figure out what the problem was. It, I thought it was a, an amp or a, uh, I thought it was a fuse that um, I checked on my user's manual or the owner's manual and, uh, checked the fuse, looked good, but I replaced it anyway. Still wouldn't go up or down. Later, I took it to a shop, and they diagnosed it as a 60 amp fuse. And so, I replaced that fuse, and now it works great. But here's my problem: that fuse keeps blowing out. I've probably put in about five fuses in the last six months.
1: Okay, I'm wondering this, what this is
2: easy. You think it might be
1: um, th- this is easy. And thank you for calling in. The 60 amp fuse n- runs more than the windows. Well, I, yes, I'm I, So you have to isolate each one of those. So let's pretend, let's just pretend, because this is not the correct list, that we've got the wipers and the radio and the air conditioning and the windows, okay? Okay. So we've got mm-hmm. all those on the fuse. So we just don't use the wipers at all. Uh-huh. We might okay. even disconnect the switch. Um, we're not going to use the windows. We're going to put tape over the switches, and we're going to tell our family that if they touch the button, then they have to get out and walk home. So we're not going to use our air conditioning. We need to isolate which one of those is causing the fuse to blow. blow. Now, most of us have really good customers. So oftentimes what we'll do is is we'll hook up a meter to that fuse and we'll have the customer monitor the meter, which is an amp meter. And Uh so we're going to look, and normally that thing's running at 8 to 10 to 12 amps on the draw. Just keep an eye on it, and when you do something different... And all of a sudden, you do something, and all of a sudden, the amp draw goes, boom, 60, 70 amps. Then you uh, go, okay, I understand. So there's lots of things that you can do, but the easiest thing to do is, is identify exactly what is on that fuse, and it's more than the windows, and then I'll just isolate each, the operation of each one of those. Now, it could be dome lights, and so you're going to watch a flicker for the dome light. Okay. So I'm just giving you an example. So you know yeah. you just get in and you look at it, and you shut the door and look at it and stuff like that. This how is, would I
2: how would I do that? Do I, in other words, should I pull the pull the fuse out and put an amp meter in there in place yes. of the fuse?
1: Yes, yes.
2: Okay, and then just watch the amp meter reading uh, when each uh, one of those features is isolated and working.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, I would put oh. it where your speedometer's at. You know what I mean? Just use some duct tape or something. Put it where the speedometer's yeah. at. And then just keep an eye on it. Now, it, this is every time you do something. So mm-hmm. if you're going straight down the road and you're set on cruise control, I, I, unless you, again, and I'm just throwing poop on the table, if, uh, air conditioning application, fan application, wiper application, window application, seat application, stuff like that. So you're going to look for what spikes it. Now, another possibility is, is identify what it is and just disconnect everything and then plug it in one at a time.
6: So, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm.
1: we, can, we can do that. This could be a 75 to $200 diagnosis, but you can cut that in half if you can send them to the right circuit. You can okay. cut it in half. I, I, that's okay. what I'm guessing. You can cut it in okay. half. Okie okay, dokie. Okay. Well, I have
2: an amp meter, so I'll give it a try. Thanks Yeah. So and, 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 I really, and also really t- appreciate the help.
1: You're welcome. Go Test ahead. it, too. T- put your amp meter in on either side of the fuse. You'll need uh-huh. some blades there. and yeah. So then open the door. Or find out what's on that circuit, and then apply that circuit and look at the amp. Now, obviously, nothing should exceed the 60 because that keeps popping it. Now, let right. me ask you a question: the plastic part of the 60 amp fuse is it melted or not?
2: No, no, it's never melted.
1: Okay, good. That means we don't have a huge draw; otherwise, it would be melted. So, okay. no part of the fuse is melted. You're home free. And would you do me a favor? Call me back and let me know what you find.
8: Sure, I'll be okay. happy to.
1: Thanks Thank so you so much Dave. for the help. You're bet. welcome. Thank you. We we keep talking. Oh, Gil's not going to let me talk. Okay. Who is, Gil, I'm happy <laughs> to have a caller. Tell me who it is.
8: <laughs> that would be Rick.
1: Rick. Good morning, Rick. What can I do good for morning. you today? Good morning. How are you today? You know, I'm good, except my wife is keeping track of me today, so... As soon as I get done with the radio show, I'm going to go out and get on my motorcycle and tell her I'm going to go down to Circle K, and then I'm not coming back for a couple hours.
8: (laughs) I was going to say, make her go up to Payson and listen to trades and sales. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Something exciting like that. You know what? Could you make it
4: three or four hours instead of two? Oh, Oh, it's on the
8: phone?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, listen, listen. It's true, though, you have to admit that when we're in Payson, uh-huh. Saturday morning, you're hitting the garage sales, mm-hmm. and you hit some of the, I'm not going to give away your secrets, some of the stores in town that mm-hmm. you might b- have a bargain. Mm-hmm. But then you have a little place that you sell that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Rick, you're you're absolutely, and in Tempe, it's no different. In yeah. the mornings, you love those estate sales.
4: Yeah, it's kind of cold right now, so nobody's having them.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, that's fine. Anyway, Rick, continue on.
8: Hey, I have uh both three um, Thunderbird convertible and uh, power top was having a problem going up and down, and so I took it into a place, none of your places, and um, I the when I got it back, power top went up and down a couple of times, and then it wouldn't go all the way up again. So when I was looking down in the compartment where the the pump is. Uh-huh. Um, I noticed that one of the lines had gotten pinched, and it was, like, crushed. You know, it's plastic. But um, so I was able to get another um, motor and pump. I was wondering, when I'm filling this thing, you know how it's got the little rubber cork in it, Uh you know, where you put the fluid? Yeah. Um, Is there any easier way than, you know, put some fluid in and then put the cork back in and try and... Cycle it to make it
1: go up and down. Okay. Can you see the Can you see the hydraulic arms that make it go up and down? The yeah. Hydraulic cylinders. Okay. Here. Now, think about this. Okay. When the When the arms are relaxed, and they're down, uh-huh. then the the fluid level is static. When we extend the arms, then the reservoir is going to go down. Okay?
3: Yes. So yes. if
1: you extend the arms and fill up the reservoir, <laughs> as soon as you retract the arms, you're going to have oil everywhere. Exactly. There you go. Okay. That's the answer you were looking for.
8: Well, if, can you, um, like, I can um, loosen the nuts or, you know, where they go into those arms um, to kind of bleed them out?
1: I don't. I don't think you need to bleed them out. Or at least we don't bleed them out. We just operate the the thing up and down a couple of times over the period of a half an hour, and uh-huh. and you're going to automatic bleed. You're going to automatically bleed the system by extending and collapsing those cylinders.
8: Where where does that air escape from then?
1: You know, I don't know the dynamics, but I know that air collapses and we can take a gallon of air and squeeze it to the head of a pin but we can't take a liquid if we have a gallon of liquid we can't compress it any more than a gallon of liquid so i would imagine that as it extends it pushes the air out the uh, reservoir Um, i don't know but that's how we do it
8: and one other um question a couple of weeks ago you had a body paint gentleman on your show Uh and i was trying i was trying to get through you guys i've been seeing a couple of cars uh one was a Mercedes SUV and then a Challenger also that were painted gold it, it looks like the vehicles are actually dipped in gold it's neat neat paint job i don't know how they're doing it if it's a, if it's one of those uh um, not paint but um it's, it's it a wrap
1: it's a wrap it is a wrap yeah it, it is, is a, wrap. a wrap yeah i have my truck wrapped And it's to my displeasure that it was wrapped because I'm very obvious. But I didn't do my one-ton dually in gold. Um, That would have been embarrassing to park in front of my shop. (laughs) But there is a Mustang up here in Payson. I think it's a Mustang that's got a beautiful chrome wrap on it. It's just awesome looking. You just can't take your eyes off of it. Now, if you're going to do a wrap and you want to get a price, may I suggest...
4: Well, I don't know if they do. Um, well, we're going to the send them there anyway. Blue Media. Blue Media in Tempe.
1: Yeah, call them and talk to Blue Media. Yeah, and that's who does our wraps. They did our shuttle bus and they did my truck. Um, I think that's it. Oh, they did two of my trucks. Mm-hmm. So Blue Media and say, do you do this? And can you give me a gold or whatever? What colors do you have that are really bright and shiny? And uh, do you do it? And if so, how much is it going to cost? They've got kids in that arena that are these really little turdy nerdy guys and they sit in front of a computer and they make, you know, they get your exact car and they get all the dimensions and they print it on a printer that might be 20 feet wide. So they print all these things and then they have another guys that come out. Calm down. Calm down. I got this. They have another guys that come out and put it on. So it's pretty, really impressive, but Blue Media is the place to go. Blue 602 508 0960. 602 508 0960. All the lines are open, so there's five. One, two, three, four, five. And I'm just killing time because you curried me up, and I still got 30 seconds to no, fill you don't. for Gill. So anyway, 602 508 0960. My email address is mark at com mark at marksalem.com and if you have any complaint about this show then here's the easy part the easy part is call the show and complain on Gil. he's the operator complain on gill and we'll be right back